play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot cope with him. Can't do it. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. What up, Clock Dodgers? It's your boy, Neil Maligno, host of the Clock Dodgers podcast, and we wanted to bring you something different today for Clock Dodgers podcast. We're going to add this to the arsenal of other things we do besides our interviews with guests, besides our uh, our discussions and conversations and debates with each other. I wanted to create these episodes that stand alone on themselves. They're somewhat of a player profiler, player projection, player uh, outlook, however you want to, however you want to take it. Basically, um, what we'll do is we'll chop up a player each week, um, and we'll do how they fared last year, what's changed for this upcoming season, and how we kind of project them out. Um, what I want to do is I want to start with a player who I don't want to say he's divisive, but he's a player who's kind of um, been in, been in question, been uh, uh, had had a, had a high expectation put on him, but at the same time, many don't feel like he'll hit those expectations. And it's Josh Jacobs. Um, he's talked about just as much this offseason as he was last season when he was drafted as a rookie for the Oakland Raiders at the time. Um, now the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, which we'll we'll get into because again, I believe variables matter. That even are the ones that cannot be quantified or put into a data spreadsheet. I believe they do matter, and you know that's. Part of the difference here, um, I know not a lot of podcasters or uh, the data analytics group agree or like to bring those kind of things into the equation when they can't really put it on a spreadsheet. Um, and I respect that. That's cool. Uh, it's just not how I do things when I'm when I'm breaking down players and kind of projecting them out. So Josh Jacobs, let's talk about really quick what he did last year uh, to kind of create a foundation here. Josh Jacobs last season had 1,150 rushing yards. Almost a five-yard average, 4.8 to be accurate, and seven touchdowns uh, came out to – he only played 13 games last season uh, due to injuries. And so we got this guy who, you know, he he did pretty good, right? Uh, he was a rookie running back. So just from a perspective of how people felt, uh, they, 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 they were impressed with what he did. But at the same time, a lot of people felt it was under- underwhelming. Uh, for some people, it kind of began that – uh, begin to confirm like, hey, this is why you don't draft running backs in the first round. They don't last that long, um, so their value doesn't carry very well. And then when you consider if they have underwhelming seasons or if they have injuries or anything like that, like was he a difference maker to your team? How, how, how do you feel about that? If you watched Oakland's games last year, if you watched the Raiders games last year, you know Josh Jacobs was a difference maker. It was very, very apparent um, that he changed that entire offense in, in terms of um, teams have to respect the backfield and as having a running back who could actually be productive, actually get yards every time he touches the ball, actually be a monster. Right. So if you watch the games and I know some people don't like to look at games, exactly how players play, they want to look at the numbers. If you watch Josh Jacobs play, you know, he's a talented running back. There's no question about it. Right now, what comes in, you know, for again, for last year, the Raiders did not do so well as a team. Uh, you know, their record wasn't well. They didn't make the playoffs. Um, they dealt with injuries across the board. Um, you know, most feel that just o- overall, it wasn't a great season for Oakland. It wasn't a good way for the team to, to leave um, the city of Oakland. So um, I'm sure they didn't feel great about that. Josh Jacobs, if you just look at him 
you know, by himself, right? Seven touchdowns. That's a decent amount of touchdowns for a running back in a season. He had a good average. I know some don't care so much about an average uh, for, you know, per carry, but he he had a pretty good one. He went over a thousand yards, which is always nice. Um, and, and again, I like to mention that, you know, he played 13 games last year. Now, what people are going to, you know, the main the main concern that analysts hit and that fans hit with with Jacobs is he didn't catch the ball. He didn't catch the ball enough. Um, he had 20 receptions last year for only 166 yards, zero touchdowns. So he, here's this is this is your major sticking point for Josh Jacobs. Most people believe in Josh Jacobs talent. They think he's not too shabby. They like the team that he's on because they feel like, you know, he is the workhorse. But then to put him in a category where, I, like, you know, I would like to see him for most rankings, um, they feel like where's the receiving stats? Uh, an elite back who, especially in PPR scoring, one of the elite backs, that you know, where he's being drafted at ADP, you want a guy who can catch the ball. And clearly the numbers dictate that he didn't catch the ball a lot last year. And, you know, he didn't score any touchdowns doing so. There wasn't a lot of yards there. And so it left a lot to be desired uh, for Josh Jacobs as a receiver out of the backfield. No question about it. Nobody would argue that. Um, nobody would disagree with that. Um, the rookie had a tough time catching the ball, whether, again, a question of this being his fault, the team's fault, is something for uh, us to look at as far as how we project out and what's changed and whatnot. Um, but I think, for in my opinion, for a rookie season, those are solid numbers. Um, if you watch the games, you know he's talented. Um, if you watch the games and you just look at the numbers here, you know he's the workhorse back for Oakland. Um, so, so last year, pretty good, not too bad of a rookie year. John Gruden felt he should have had rookie of the year. I mean, that's how well he played for the Raiders. Um, and, of course, I mean, I know it's just his coach and everything, but it's just, it is true. He did really good for the Raiders. Um, now, okay, we know what he's done, right? We know who he was. We know how he produced, and we know what the, the glaring weakness was, which was the receiving. Let's talk about what's changed for Josh Jacobs just in this you know upcoming season alone. We have the team moving to Las Vegas. Again, a variable that I do not ignore um, because I do believe New new stadium, right? Monstrous stadium, new aura about yourselves, new city to represent in, new fans. Not that, not that the old fans are gone, but you now you do add Las Vegas fans. It just is what it is. Um, new fans, a, a new place, a new storyline. Everything is new here. Everything is fresh. Um, fresh new locker room. You don't got all these leaking toilets and all this crap. Um, you feel good when you walk into work every day, and that does matter. Anyone who's listening right now who says where they walk into work every day doesn't matter, you're lying. So mental state definitely improved, right? Now we got a guy's second year in a system. The coaches have not changed. Um, so his second year in the system, he'll get to, you know, further along his development in the system. That matters. So now we have two years of John Gruden. We have a new stadium, new new city, new energy. Um, his quarterback has stayed the same. That is important as well. His wide receivers have changed a lot, a lot. The Raiders, for the most part last year, did not have a wide receiver you cared about very much. Um, you, you just didn't. There, there was just nothing there. It was very undesirable location for wide receivers last year. Um, and this year, they drafted Henry Ruggs. Um, they drafted Brian Edwards, who if you're, if you're paying any attention to training camp, if you care at all about training camp, if you care about the offseason talk, if you care about coach speak, you would know that Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards have done pretty well at camp, especially Brian Edwards. Um, he's been talked up a lot, whether that's just the hype 
and he that you know Henry Ruggs isn't getting the hype at the moment or or whatnot. But if, if you've been paying attention, you'll know that both of these guys have done really well at camp, um, and they're a dramatic improvement to the wide receiver group that the Raiders had previously. Um, they did add some other players. Um, whether you care about those guys or not doesn't doesn't really matter. Um, nothing dramatic in free agency as far as you know the wide receiver group. They continue to have Darren Waller, who I feel is one of the best tight ends in all of football, and um, you know that again is something that Josh Jacobs is going to love. He's going to love having these guys. So, and of course, Hunter Renfro started to come on late last season. He he matters. Um, Tyrell, Tyrell Williams uh, says he's healthy this year. We'll see if that's true, if that holds up. Um, but again, that matters. Um, you don't have the Antonio Brown drama. Discredit, please try to discredit that. Please try to act like that doesn't matter. A rookie coming into the league, the team has had, you know, it's it's shortcomings. It hasn't had, you know, a ton of success. You got this Antonio Brown drama, you know, just hanging over everything like a dark cloud. The players have talked about it. Fans have talked about it. It was, it was exhausting for everybody. Um, so that that is another, you know, little variable that I feel shouldn't be ignored. Um, add it, like I said, add into the mix. The defense has improved. Every, every everything is improved for the Raiders on a piece on a piece of paper, right? Um, now, what also has changed that people want to mention the most uh, in, in regards to Josh Jacobs, and here is where you know we'll have to consider this in our you know outlook going forward, is the Raiders have added some running backs. The Raiders have added Devontae Booker. The Raiders have added Theo Riddick just yesterday, and the Raiders drafted Lynn Bowden Jr. So you ask yourself, like, okay, you know, these guys don't really jump off the piece of paper to you as far as like, man, these are really impactful players, right? The rookie people aren't, or people are still unsure what he's going to do. Um, and in a John Gruden offense, he's looked at as what they call the Joker, a Joker. Um, so they feel like in training camp, I, I believe I seen that he was taking some quarterback snaps. So they'll get, they're going to get him in there, you know, as, as, as a gadget kind of guy. Um, but also he has wide receiver abilities. Um, running back is what he's labeled as to the team. So when you see that, and you see Theo Riddick, who, of course, is is a pass kitchen back, right? We all know that. And then you have Devontae Booker. You go, okay, well, DeAndre Washington left to Kansas City. They still have Jalen Richard. So what what does all this point to? Is what is what people are asking themselves. What what does this mean? What 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 does this mean for Josh Jacobs? And here's how I'm going to break it down for you. Um, and we can kind of look at this. Yeah, let's, let's let's just break these guys down really quick. It's important because this is what's being talked about right now. This is what is uh, heavily weighing on people when they are projecting out Josh Jacobs. Devontae Booker is there. That's cool, bro. Guess what? Devontae Booker has done nothing. He's never done anything. Devontae Booker, his, his legacy and what people wanted him to be way, way outweighs anything he's done. Okay, Devontae Booker was constantly um, underwhelming as a running back constantly the guy who you kept projecting to do more than he ever did his best season. He had 612 rushing yards. That was his rookie year, his rookie year, 612 rushing yards. Um, he did do some receiving on the Broncos. He had 38 receptions as his most any season for 200 something yards, no touchdowns that year. He's had one receiving touchdown his entire career. Okay. So if we're worried about Josh Jacobs, not getting pass catching a bit, you know, attempts. Devontae Booker is not really threatening that. That's not that's not what this guy's doing. Um so so we'll set him aside, right? So he he's he's a guy. He's there. We don't want to ignore him because he's not like the worst thing in the world. 
but he's never done anything of value for us to like get significantly, um, you know, concerned about. Right. Let's move on. Theo Riddick, the Raiders just drafted him. Not drafted, excuse me. <laughs> the Raiders just signed him literally yesterday as of this recording. Um, so here's one that really probably concerns people and has great reason to do that. If we look at Theo Riddick's career just quickly, nothing nothing crazy in depth, because again, I don't want to keep these episodes too long for you guys. Receiving is what this man does. He's had seasons uh, of, let's just go from the start of his career till the end of it, right? Um or no, let's just go to his his best seasons. He's had a season with 80 receptions. That's nothing to ignore. 80 receptions, almost 700 receiving yards and three touchdowns that year. But he's had years of four touchdowns, five touchdowns. His numbers have bounced around. So 50 receptions, two seasons, you know, 50 plus receptions, two seasons, 60 and one. What I'm getting at is the guy can catch the ball and in offenses have has mostly been utilized in that fashion. Right. So. All right. Here we go. We got a guy with a receiving ability. Can't ignore that. We can't ignore that. That's not something to ignore. However, I mean, how healthy has Theo Riddick been lately? What you know? How how much can we trust his health? How much can we trust him staying together? Um, he's coming in out. What I would say is you know late at this point because players have been you know working out together whether within the team's you know organized you know setups or whether stuff they were doing on their own on separate fields and just trying to get reps in. Um, so, so theoretic is an interesting case, interesting case. They signed him, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. The Raiders have literally signed guys and cut them a few days later. Uh, so I'm not going to look too much into this yet until it, until it sticks more, uh, until he lasts a little more. He, he missed all of 2019 guys, all of 2019. He's now coming into football during the COVID era where guys cannot practice the same. Um, if we're worried about rookies, what do we think about guys who haven't even played football in a year? Um, so let's not get too crazy about this. Um, again, the Raiders have signed even running backs, I believe, I believe this offseason and cut them in a week. Um, that just happened. I can't. Oh, who was the player that just got cut by the Raiders? I forget who he was. Um, regardless. Theoretics there now. It's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Let's not get crazy. The last name and the, you know, not the last name. Lynn, Lynn Bowden Jr. is the rookie, again, that the Raiders drafted. And, you know, uh, a lot of people are excited about him. Here, here's the thing. It's hard to get excited about rookies right now for me. Totally excited. I, it's hard to totally, totally, totally buy in. Because, again, this is a weird offseason. I don't want to get too bought into guys for this season. Now, you know, go, going forward, sure, I could get really excited about guys. And, and there are certain running backs or certain wide receivers that I'm like, you know, these guys are going to be the focal point of their offense now. They're going to be highlighted a great deal. Um, they're super talented. Even again, I just talked about the radio wide receivers. Like, I'm excited about them. Um, but again, we have, to, we have to temper these things with the idea of what's happening right now in, in the world and how, how much these guys are truly getting to work together. But Lynn Bound Jr. definitely presents, again, an interesting dynamic. However, I still don't believe that Lynn Bowden Jr. is going to be, you know, the end-all, be-all in this backfield. He's going to get moved everywhere. The Raiders have said it. He will be all over the place. So they're not going to limit him to pass catching out of the backfield. Like, this guy can move to the slot. He can move to outside wide receiver. He can play. He could do some quarterback, um, you know, uh, 
wildcat type stuff, if you will. Um, I mean, look at his highlights. Look at his stats. He's a jack of all trades. He is your, you know, prototypical, you know, image of what, when you say this guy can do a little bit of everything really good. That's who you're talking about. You're talking about Lynn Bowne Jr. He is just a offensive machine. They're not going to limit him to pass catching at the backfield, um, but he will. He will matter there. So I'm not going to deny the fact that he matters. The last, the last guy, and it's the guy I've talked about the least so far in this episode, is Jalen Richard. If you look at Jalen Richard last year alone, he had for just again, I'm looking at receiving because this is what everyone's concern is with the Raiders and Josh Jacobs. He had 36 receptions last year. The year prior, he had 68. So we even see a dip in Jalen Rashard's receptions, and the Raiders knew he could do it. The Raiders knew he could receive for at least 81 targets, 68 receptions, 607 yards. He had no receiving touchdowns, though. Again, this is just kind of a thing that the Raiders haven't been that good at. Even when they are able to get a lot of receptions out of a guy and a lot of yards out of a guy, they still have suffered scoring touchdowns. And this is an issue that they had last year in general as a team. Um so let, let's talk about the outlook really quick and how I project this season to be. I'm not going to talk about from a – I mean, we can talk about from a dynasty perspective. I like Josh Jacobs. Um, but I, I more want to focus on a redraft in this point. Um, just, let's just talk about 2020. Um, so we got – let, let's, let's take everything together. And, and, again, I like to include other variables. I'm not just going to pull data uh, and, and stats. I'm not just going to pull from what I've, I've watched, you know, how, how he performed on film or in, in games. But let's just talk about everything. So, again, from the outside variables that we cannot track, new city, new stadium, three years in the same offense, same quarter, not three years, two years, um, quarterback, returning quarterback, returning coaches, everything's returning, and a new hyped-up arena, new hyped-up city, a new story to tell and to and to start, right, a new book to start, Um that matters to me, right? So that's all exciting. That's all exciting stuff. DeAndre Washington is gone, who was the one that was eating the most into Josh Jacobs carries, carries, if you will. Um, so whenever they would spell Josh Jacobs, they would bring DeAndre Washington in for the most part, that he is gone. That has to be replaced at the least. This is where I think Devontae Booker comes in. This is where uh, you know, Jalen Richard may get more attempts. Although I, I don't know if they totally believe that, right? And that's why there's a lot of guys being signed here. Let's not forget the one thing I haven't really spoken about. I've kind of mentioned it is this is the COVID era. We're dealing with this weird type of season. We're watching other sports unfold right now. And some of them in, in you know, smaller groups have been able to pretty much control a lot of things, um, but not, not entirely. Um, I'm an Orlando Magic fan. While the bubble has been fantastic by the NBA, and we've talked about this on other podcast episodes, um, there have been players who have like left the bubble, even in Orlando, um, who I don't know, you know, whether it was COVID, whether it was something else, and they were too, they were concerned that it was COVID related. There's been like mystery illnesses and weird stuff where players leave for a couple of days, come back, um, or leave for a week, come back, or who knows what, right? Um, in baseball, it's been crazy a mess. Um, there's been teams that haven't played for you know, forever. There's some teams who have played a bunch of games. It's, you know, it's all over the place. Um, the NFL is going to be weird. We don't know how this is going to play out. The NFL has really big teams, really big staffs. They're going to be traveling a ton. They didn't isolate this to one place. So one city, one state, whatever. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty, a lot of moving parts. 
So pretending like this this whole NFL season is going to play out how he would love for it to play out is 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 being super super, um, you know, wishful thinking, if you will. The teams are signing a lot of guys and trying out other guys because they need a backup plan when things get weird. If Josh Jacobs comes down with COVID, the Raiders need running backs. The Raiders need running backs to replace Josh Jacobs. Nobody they sign is going to replace Josh Jacobs necessarily, but they need a Devontae Booker there to try to carry the load because Jalen Richard is not going to get all the carries. They need a Theo Riddick there to help with pass catching in case things get weird. That's what this is about. When teams are signing these extra quarterbacks, these extra wide receivers, these extra running backs, or linebackers, and they're like bringing guys in and out, they're not always signing guys. They're trying to project out for themselves and protect their team in case a player has to leave for COVID. And now remind yourself that if Josh Jacobs, let's just say, I'm not, I don't want to put this on the way, but let's just say Josh Jacobs got COVID, that whole running back room, who knows what happens to it? Who knows if they all get it? Who knows if one other guy gets it? Like you can't just start losing players. You can't have players dropping like flies in the NFL and not having an alternate option there. So that's part of the reason why we're seeing so many guys come in and sign and then leave after a week or, you know, trying out so many guys. You're trying to get familiar with players as well for COVID. You can't tell me otherwise. I I truly believe that. Um, Again, in this case, Josh Jacobs, for me, just outlook wise, I believe he will not have a worse season than he did. So for anyone who believes he'll be worse than he was last season, I disagree. Um, Last season, you're looking at in PPR, Josh Jacobs was, he ranked 21 out of all these running backs. So there's no way he goes less than that for me, okay? Now you're saying, well, hell, if he ends up 21, that really doesn't bode so great. Like, that's not that awesome. I mean, almost in the top 20 is good, but it's not what you're looking for with Josh Jacobs. I agree with you. I believe he'll do better than where he landed last year. If we just say, you have to look at everybody. When when, when we're looking at outlooks here, we have to say, this guy's going to play a full season. We can't mess around and say, well, what if he doesn't stay healthy? Like, I can't look at it that way. It just doesn't work for me. So I'm going to assume... Josh Jacobs is healthy. If I just assume Josh Jacobs is healthy, he he bumps up this list dramatically just off of the extra three grain, three games. So just off the extra three games, he's easily for me top fifteen. If we say Josh Jacobs plays a complete season, so that that for that for just off of last year's production, no, nothing increasing, just last year's production uh, production and a full slate of games, he's easily a top fifteen running back for me. That takes him out of the top 21, right? That's a big jump. Now, I do believe, if you've seen reports, Josh Jacobs is focused on his running, his uh, his pass-catching ability this year. He has mentioned it himself. He has mentioned that he was, you know, pretty happy with his results on, you know, running the ball, but and he wants to score more touchdowns that way. But pass-catching is where he wants to improve the most this year. He's been working on it a ton, and he's not doing it for nothing, right? Like he knows this is an important part of his game. The Raiders know it needs to be an important part of his game. And for those who hate coach speak, John Gruden himself said that he felt like Josh Jacobs should have been rookie of the year, that they're going to feed him the ball like crazy. Um, I know a lot of people hate coach speak and they cringe just hearing the word coach speak, but I don't like to totally ignore coach speak. Um, there's positive coach speak. There's negative coach speak. Some of it comes true. Some of it doesn't. These guys are, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid. These are their players. They're just talking to in some people's minds, right? That's that's fine. Um, but I do believe 
Josh Jacobs know he need, knows he needs to improve as a pass catching back. The Raiders know they need to get him involved more as a pass catching back. I understand you guys. I understand people want to see a Theo Riddick. They want to see a Devonta Booker. They want to see a Jalen Richard who's been there already, right? Jalen Richard is cool, but he's been there. So we're not. There's no reason to expect Jalen Richard to steal the opportunity um, of more pass catching ability for for Josh Jacobs when he's already been there. So. He's already been there, and DeAndre Washington's gone. He was the other running back there last year. So, so when you take those away, there, uh, Jalen Rashard himself isn't a threat to Josh Jacobs in, 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 a, in a capacity of getting more receptions. Not to mention, Josh Jacobs doesn't need a ton of more receptions to make this matter dramatically. Um, so there, there's a very – I would project Josh Jacobs to be a top 10 running back. Um, here's the thing. When you look at rankings, it's easy to put a lot of guys in the top 10 or top 15. There's a lot of good running backs. If if things played out well for everybody, how we how we would you know love for it to work, there's a lot of really good running backs. Um, whether they all stay healthy, whether COVID affects teams dramatically, you know all all these things matter. How bad their offenses end up being, but like the the running backs are really good. There's a lot of really good running backs. There's a lot of fun and exciting guys, um, especially when you include PPR, which is the only way I play. I don't understand another li- way of life in in fantasy football. Um, you could really move guys around heavily in in the in the running back rankings, and we discussed this on the podcast. Generally speaking, even with wide receivers this year, where you could put a guy, you know, barely in the thirty range, and then you could also put him in the top ten. Like, there's a scenario where that plays out that way. Um, so yeah, Josh Jacobs for me definitely has the potential to be a top ten running back. Um, top fifteen is is a lock. It's a given for me. So this hopefully this helps you guys understand where I feel about him and hopefully it helps you project yourself where if you don't have him yet and you're going to, you know, you're thinking about drafting him or if you're thinking about trading for him, I would definitely check in with the Josh Jacobs owner to see how he feels about him. You know, he might not be that high on him. He might believe that, you know, Lynn Bowden is really going to eat into, you know, Josh Jacobs, a pass catching ability. He might really believe Dante Booker, Devonta Booker and Theo Riddick are a threat. Um, they may believe that. If they believe that, definitely go get him. Definitely go get him. If you're in a redraft league, um, he's definitely worth drafting. It just depends on how much someone else is in love with him. Right now, you know, unless you got a Raider fan in your league or someone who's really high on Josh Jacobs, you know, it, it, he's not going to be terribly hard to get um, at an okay value. Um, again, it just depends on how much you like other people around him, other players around him. Um, but yeah, I feel Josh Jacobs, no question, has top ten ability. Um, he can definitely end up in that range. He's a lock for top 15. No questions about it. There's guys who, you know, you could be projecting to be top 10 right now. And I mean, you got, you know, everyone's ramping up Clyde Edwards Hilaire, right? I mean, Josh Jacobs did it already. So we'll see what, you know, Clyde can do in that offense and who's going to, you know, who's going to mess with him there. You got guys like Miles Sanders, people are projecting really high. I can see Josh Jacobs ahead of Miles Sanders. I will draft Josh Jacobs ahead of Miles Sanders personally. Um, I understand you not doing so if you feel high on Miles Sanders. There's the Kenyon Drakes, the Austin Ecklers that, you know, how much are they going to improve? Are they going to drop a little bit? The situation's starting to change a little bit there. Um, you got guys who I'm not in love with at all. Chris Carson, I definitely put Josh Jacobs above Chris Carson. Aaron Jones, right? This guy did really good last year, but the offense is a little different. They added a rookie running back that people love his thighs. <laughs> um, some people are concerned about, you know, the regression there for Aaron Jones. Todd Gurley, if you talk to some people, he's a top five running back, damn near. You know what I mean? 
So if he's a if he's a top five running back to some people, you know, to me he's not top five. Um, he can he can be productive. He could have a good season. But I'm going to take Josh Jacobs ahead of him. Leonard Fournette, I'm taking Josh Jacobs ahead of him. Um, he had a great season last year, but the team concerns me a little bit. I'm not really sure how they're going to you know if they're going to continue to use him in, in such a flourishing way. But he's a great example of a guy who had. Very little receptions that people thought, you know, this guy's never going to be used as a receiving threat and then shot through the roof on his receptions. Um, so, folks, there's a lot of room here, a lot of room for guys to move around. But um, for me, Josh Jacobs, definitely top 10 potential. Um, it is not crazy to me at all if you believe that he's top 10 and you draft him top 10. Uh, top 15 is a lock. If you get him top 15 range, you're you're winning. You're winning for sure. And if you're making a trade and you can get him for, you know, something less than something, not so sure. Um, a couple of pieces you put together, do it, do it. Do not, do not shy away from trading for Josh Jacobs, get Josh Jacobs in your lineups on your teams, draft him, trade for him, whatever you have to do. Josh Jacobs is getting clocked out your stamp of approval from me for a top 10 potential, top 10 potential for sure. Top 15 lock for sure. That's where I'm at with Josh Jacobs. And the variables for me are just, you know, if we start to consider potential injuries, COVID, all these things, it gets a little sketchy. You get you get concerned that you could do this with every guy. You could do this with every player. But just on the surface, 100% healthy, I'm feeling top 10 potential here. And that's how I'm drafting them. Uh, all right, guys, that's it for today's episode. We're going to continue to do more of these. We can do these different ways. We can just do guys that I, you know, that 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 we want to focus on, or we can take polls on Twitter. We can take suggestions from listeners. We can take uh, people leaving reviews. They can put a player in the review uh, when they leave the review and mention a player's name, and we can do a, a profile on that player. However, you guys want to do it, we'll, we'll we'll stay flexible with it. We'll be adjustable with it. I don't want to lock into anything specific. Uh, but again, you guys know what it is. Don't forget, please leave a review, five-star review, leave some feedback there. It's super important to get us new listeners. When they come across the show, they're like, what's the show about? They read it. They're like, let's give this show a shot. So thank you guys who have left reviews. We're over the 100 review mark now, which means a lot. That was kind of a little goal we were setting. Um, so we've reached that mark. If, you, if you're listening now and you're not subscribed, please subscribe. I know I know you're listening each week just by searching for it, but if you subscribe, it means more. It helps us move up the charts um, again, so we can be noticed more and, and we really want to be noticed more because it just helps the overall, um, you know, helps, helps the listeners find us easier, helps new listeners come along and we don't want to limit, you know, who, who gets this content. So definitely subscribe, leave a review. If you're not following us on Twitter, I, I know it happens. There's some people who listen and don't use social media. That's totally cool. We love you guys the same. Um, but if you do use social media, follow us. I've had people in the past who have you know, mention the show, like how much they're enjoying it or how much they, you know, they, they, they just started listening to it and they're really enjoying it. If just follow us on Twitter too, though, so I can interact with you guys, um, because we want to take your questions. We want to have conversations with you guys. It's, it's fun chopping it up with you guys on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you're at. Um, so at clock Dodgers on Twitter, at clock Dodgers on Instagram, all those good things. Um, but we'll hit you back. We definitely want to con- converse with you and, uh, get topics from you. Anything you guys are, you know, that's how we kind of gauge these shows. A lot of time is we're not talking about players that we want to talk about or that, uh, you know, that we want to dictate the show and control. It's not just that. I mean, we're, we're definitely hands on in all that capacity, but we also are looking at what the audience that's listening is, is the clock Dodger family, what you guys are talking about. Um, Josh Jacobs right now is his name is surfacing a lot. It's bubbling a lot in the streets and the Twitter streets and the clock Dodger family out there. So we wanted to make sure we talked about him um, today. I wanted to make sure I got him out, 
you know, as the first player in the, in this profile. And and we'll see how these episodes go moving forward. This one, you know, it, it, it was over 30 minutes. Um, future episodes may not be that way. Uh, we'll, we'll see how we, we'll, how we, uh, how we, how we break these down moving forward. We'll definitely get more, more stuff involved in it, more pieces. It's fluid. Like I said, if there's something you liked a lot, let us know about the episode. If there's something you didn't like a lot, let us know. My DMS are open. Follow us on the social media platforms. You can hit me up there. We're going to do more of these. Again, if you have any player suggestions, let us know. Otherwise, we're just going to keep hitting you with the players that we feel are being talked about, that are being questioned and debated and heavily discussed in the fantasy streets. As always, guys, this is Neil. I'm signing off. Clock Dodgers podcast. As always, be kind, be great, keep dodging.